0: Greetings,
1: listener. It's been a while. To begin, at our last episode, we had one more recording session before we took an unexpected break. This break was because of personal life instances that happened, as well as I had our recording equipment stolen, which also had all of our future recordings on. It admittedly put me into a rough mental state, which I'm not going to go into great detail about, but on the positive side, it gave me time to really flesh out what it was that I wanted to do with this campaign. This campaign is still going to be based within my world with homebrew monsters that I create, but while hearkening back to traditional monsters, encounters, and legends that may have been explored within traditional Dungeons & Dragons. With that being said, it's time to introduce new characters because again, life happens. And unfortunately, Devin, Avonlea, and Matt will no longer be joining us. Certainly, no ill will is wished upon these amazingly lovely friends of mine. However, the adventure must continue on, and we will be introducing two new members of our party, Tara and Kate. In turn, so that we may still tell a compelling and cohesive story, we're going to be re-recording the previous two episodes you may have already listened to, so bear with us as we get back up to speed. Certainly, there will be differences within each party, so we hope that you still listen in to these first two episodes. In addition, we are now more well-equipped to produce only the best product for you, the listener. So bear in mind that there are going to be a couple different changes that will probably be picked up on in terms of our recording quality, especially because we are no longer going to be meeting in person due to scheduling, as we are all adults trying to find time to do this. What we're going to try and do is we're going to do video conference with all of us using the same recording equipment. That way, it's easier for me to mix solo as the producer of this podcast. Anyways, with all of that being said, here are the new introductions for our characters in The Bastard Children of Everode and Unbardun Adventure. Well, hey there, gang.
2: Hello, hello. What's up? Howdy.
1: Hola. Howdy, guys.
3: Enthusiastic greeting.
1: Enthusiastic greeting. I love it. This is a time to be enthusiastic, because guess what? This is the bastard children of Everill and Unbargan Adventure. Yeah, this is gonna be a lot of fun. I'm really excited for this campaign. This is gonna be a heck of a lot of fun. Um, So first things first, what we're going to do is we're going to introduce our cast of players and of characters. So what we're going to do real quick is I'm just going to go down uh, the list so that everyone can get used to hearing your voice specifically. Um, And I'm just going to call out the uh, player name real quick. And you just say a a greeting, a a good hello, all of that sort of fun stuff. and then what we're gonna do after that is after players names uh i'm gonna go back around the circle and uh then you guys are gonna get the chance to give your character's name the appearance of your character so just a general description of who your character looks like so race what their class will be after uh session zero or a session one um and general clothing all that sort of good stuff and how old they are you know all of that fun happy hop Okay, so uh, Noah, go ahead and introduce yourself, Noah Carter, because uh, I am Noah Woodyard. I'm the Dungeon Master uh, for the Master Children of April and Adventure. I realized that I didn't actually say that earlier. Uh, yeah, I'm your Dungeon Master. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, so Noah Carter, hey, okay. uh, Noah Carter, go ahead and uh, uh, get everybody to listen to your voice, just a quick hello, and then we're going to circle back on everybody to do a uh, character introduction, okay?
4: Hey guys, this is Noah Carter. Nice to meet all of you, at least vocally anyway.
1: All right. Awesome. Uh, Chaz, you're up next buddy.
4: Hi, I'm Chaz. And that
3: grating sound that you hear that's beginning to bleed in your eardrums. That's me. (laughs)
5: Love it. Love it. Uh, Jason. Hi, I'm Jason Morse. Uh, I'm here.
1: Jason Morse is here. You guys don't sound excited. Come on. Get get a little bit happier.
4: Kate, show us what excitement is. Don't do it, Kate. We're trying to be professional.
0: <laughs> Hi, I'm Kate. I don't know if it's going to be as exciting. Um, that was perfect. Yeah, this is what I sound like. <laughs> that's what I sound like.
1: All right, awesome. So that's Kate uh, and Tara, last but not least.
2: Hi, I'm Tara. Um, I've been starving for some Oon Bardoon, so I'm just absolutely thrilled to be doing this. I was not a part of the original podcast, and I'm honored to be a part of the new one.
1: Yeah, so, uh, what that means, this is take two of our podcast, because I had some recording equipment stolen, life stuff happens, all that sort of good stuff, uh, so, you know, a little bit, uh, a little bit different, with a little bit of a different party, um, A couple people left. We've had two people new join into it. And this is going to be our cast for the whole season. And I'm really looking forward to this adventure. Um, All right. So back around the circle, real quick. Oh, uh, again, Noah Woodyard. That's me. Uh, I'm the dungeon master. Um, Back around the circle again. We're going to go to Noah Carter to give character name, voice, the appearance,
6: and their age.
1: Noah Carter, you're up, buddy.
6: my name is Abaddon Renevar of House Rinnevar. I am an elf 27 years old 6 foot 2 The best colours to describe me are gold, gold and more gold. Golden <laughs> eyes, golden skin golden hair. Uh, clothing I'm a priestly kind of man God-fearing if you will. But you may find me Mostly in priest vestments.
1: Very good. Abadin, quick question here. What is your class going to be after our session zero?
6: After session zero, it will be paladin.
4: Paladin. Abadin the paladin. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but, you know,
7: <laughs> that's pretty
4: cool. Thanks for showing, pointing that out.
1: <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was a complete accident. I, I didn't call you out there. Um, I've awesome. been sitting
4: on this for like two years at this point and never <laughs>
1: thought about that not. at all. <laughs> awesome. Alright, um, Chaz, your character's name, their general appearance, including race and class,
3: and their age. My name is <coughs> oh. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> my name's Buddy Lucky Hands. I'm a. Uh, I'm about. A <laughs> uh, I would uh, describe myself as about a halfway mixture between and DeVito and Beetlejuice. Uh, <laughs> I am a half elf. Uh, I'm in my forties, but I look like I'm in my fifties. I'm a. i am I am a uh, stout five-one. Uh, and you know, I would describe myself as ratty, sleazy, balding, got a little bit of a paunch going, uh, <laughs> and, you know, I'm just living my best life out there. Uh, my pronouns <laughs> are obviously he, him, because I gotta be good with the PC crowd. I don't want to get canceled again. And, uh, you know, if I had to describe myself with one word, it would be, uh, a gift.
7: Hmm.
1: Buddy Lucky no. Hands is such a gift. Oh my gosh. Well, that's
5: technically two words.
3: Yeah. yeah.
4: Well, well, let's
5: not split, also split can
3: only count to, you know. I will. Well. <laughs> cool. You can only count to one. No, I can actually count to forty-one. <laughs> That's how old he is, right? Forty-one. That's right. Next year, I'll be able to
4: count forty-two. I mean, what's after <laughs> <happened to> that?
3: <laughs>
7: <laughs>
4: Nothing. You stop aging.
7: Yeah. I'm, I'm looking
4: forward to that, that day. Goes. Whenever I,
1: right. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that day. Whenever I turn uh whatever age it is that comes after 41 and I just stop uh well, don't spoil it for me <laughs> right yeah I, I won't you may hit it before um all right buddy lucky hands um what was your uh race and class one more time
3: oh I'm a, I'm a half elf and uh you know I was gonna be a warlock Celestia, no no celestial <laughs> that's for them goody two shoes uh arch archfay
1: that's the class is Archvey?
3: archway warlock
1: warlock good
3: and then i'm sorry it doesn't rhyme with the lucky hands i'm sorry
1: warlocky hands um <laughs> noah uh, uh noah carter real quick before we move on to jason um your racing class more time, um
4: it's elf if, if would you like specific elf subtype or just general elf uh, go specific. He's an Eladrin.
1: Ah, Eladrin. Eladrin. Eladrin.
4: And, um,
5: Paladin. Oh my gosh. Eladrin, El- Avidin, Avidin the
0: Paladin. Avidin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Noah, do you realize what you've done? Welcome to Sesame Street, everybody. My
6: name is Avidin. I am an Eladrin, and I am also a Paladin. Word of the day is soup. (laughs) All
1: right, cool. Jason, you're up. All right. I would have said you could do Uh, that again. uh, Character name, invoice, uh, appearance, age, class.
5: Right, so my name is Quincy Direct. Um, I am a human. I'm going to be a bard. Um, But I spend most of my time uh, bounty hunting around the city of Everill. Um, I am six foot one inches tall. Um, I am of a fair complexion with about medium length, uh, a brown hair that's half pulled up into a ponytail. Um, and I have a, a small, well, well trimmed goatee, um, with green eyes and, I'm usually seen wearing uh, kind of like a a duelist attire um, that is the color of of Everill's flag um, with the nice uh, light green, almost chartreuse color um, in the deep red. Uh, I have a cape that's kind of brought over my shoulder for flair. And I'm also... Often carrying a longsword, dagger, and a pamphlet. Love it. Love it.
1: All right. And just to recap, let's get the race
5: and the classic. A human and bard.
1: All right. Kate, you're up
0: hey guys. Honestly, Tilda's voice is going to probably just sound like my voice. <laughs> my name is...
1: Just distinguish whenever you're going in the character and whenever you're not. That's good.
0: My name is Tilda Elwyn, but I am now going by my half last name, Fairfoot. Tilda Fairfoot. Um, once I level up, I will be a druid. I am three foot six, about 22 years of age. So just kind of reached adulthood in halfling years I am you would notice I'm undernourished Uh, not exactly the healthiest looking halfling in the world but strangely muscular especially in her arms um she's got pretty brown, unruly, just curly hair, like tied up in a half knot, brown eyes, tan skin from being outside. So not that like pretty tan, it's that like workers tan. It's the
1: weathered tan, yeah.
0: It's the weathered tan, yeah. Freckles. Um I'm wearing a lot of tattered sewed clothing um that is kind of poorly put together and just gathered from random pieces of scrap fabric she could find. She's got a scar on her right cheek that goes about from her, close to her eye, down to her cheek. Um, She's got another scar that she is keeping a secret. Um, That kind of is a part of her backstory. And she is soft-spoken, a little distant, kind of... Quiet, but you know she's thinking something, and very distrustful of people. Um, but overall, kind to those she meets.
1: I love it. I love it. Very interesting. You may be able to play well with one of the other uh, members of this party as you meet them. Um. And just to recap, give the racing class
0: halfling, druid, and to get a little bit more specific, when I choose my circle, I will be a circle of the moon druid.
5: And uh, what type of halfling? Mm, The short kind. Okay. I can't remember (laughs) which one I chose. Hold on. I think you were lightfoot.
0: Lightfoot. Yeah,
1: lightfoot sounds right based off the skin tone and everything. I was thinking Mm.
4: compact SUV, but...
5: Are you sure you're not fairfoot?
7: Ha, 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 ha.
0: Ha, ha, Sorry for the podcast viewers. I made a very ugly face. That was very <laughs> ugly.
1: <microphones. laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh, next up is also one of our new people, Tara.
2: My name is Helena Elias, squad commander, Helena Elias. I've been with the uh, Everil Grand Army for 12 years. And when I level up, I'll be considered a fighter and I'm a human. Usually you can either find me in my uh, army-issued armor or I just prefer a tunic and pants and boots to go around the town in. I'm 28 years of age. I have bright red hair and a lot of it. Uh, When I'm out and about I keep it down, but when I'm on duty I keep it in a bun as per regulations. I have hazel eyes. Tan skin, lots of freckles. About five six, very muscular. I do have to stay in shape for my job.
1: Love it. Love it, love it. All right. And race in class. One more time for recap.
2: Human fighter.
1: Human fighter. All right. So just to go down one more time, we have Noah Carter. Abaddon Renevar, the Eladrin elf paladin. Chaz, Buddy Lucky Hands, the half elf warlock. Jason, Quincy Durant, the human bard. Kate, Tilda Elwin, the halfling circle of the moon druid. And Terra. Squad Commander Helena, the Human Fighter. That's a cool cast of characters. This is going to be a lot of fun. But first, before we get into our adventure, we've got to do some uh, some background building. Right? Right? For those of right. you who are too... Right,
7: right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, right, right. So for those of you who are uh, new listening to our podcast um, or new within the world of Unbar Doom, the world in which we are going to be playing, uh, that is my homebrew world. This is a pride and joy of mine. Love it so much. We are going to go through what I call the five tiers of character creation. My players have gone ahead and have filled out effectively tiers one, two, three, and four of their character backstory thus far um tier one goes over general background just the most base level background stuff like who are your parents what city did you come from or town or province what about other members of your family or organizations what were you surrounded by people places climates structures of civilization etc tier two goes over living as an adolescent so what if your life was like when you were a kid? What memories specifically do you have? What was a pointed choice or choices that led you to being who you are today? So think along the lines of like going to college or, and getting a degree or starting a job, going to work. Um, also, what was something that you maybe distinctly remember learning about the world at this time of you being an adolescent? And then from there, where did you go? Tier three is life before joining the party. Where are you now? How did you get where you are? Who are your friends, coworkers, rivals, or enemies? What are your passions? What made you want to join in on an adventure? What is your current viewpoint of the world? What is something of your past that you may want resolved? Tier four is much simpler. It's the mundane. This is where my characters or my players really delve into the mindset of their character itself, answering simple, simple questions of what is your favorite color? What would be your favorite type of music? Where do you feel the most at peace, the most anxious, most concerned, or most intrigued? Where would you like to vacation? If you had to describe yourself in three adjectives, what would they be? What is your favorite memory from growing up? And then last, what are your top two favorite pastimes? Now, some of you who are listening say, "Wait a minute, that's only four tiers." Well, the fifth tier is the current, which can only be answered by the party once they all meet. With that being said, what we're going to do is we're going to go sort of popcorn esque style here, and we're gonna uh, I'm going to give a question to one of my players. Um, starting with Noah, then moving to Chaz, then moving to Jason, then to Kate, and to Tara. And uh, move down this list um, where all of us are going to be answering uh, one or two of the questions from each one of these uh, tiers, just to get a feel more about who it is that is being played before we jump into our adventure. So Noah Carter, let's start with you, buddy. Tier one. Let's start simple. Who were your parents?
6: My parents were, and all, Davian and Kira of House Rinnevar, a noble house of the kingdom of Everil. They, well, put simply, I was the third child, twins, my siblings. Lamaris, my brother, and Lathana. My sister, based off the tradition, I was given a choice as a child.
1: And that choice being what
6: specifically? A choice that many children face when not born favorably. Knighthood or priesthood? Well, I pretended played being a knight. I found the priesthood to be a better fit for me. Very good. Very good.
1: House Renavar is a very well-respected house in my world. With that being said, what specifically did your parents do as being part of House Renavar?
6: They are Lord and Lady with Kira, my mother, handling the day-to-day operation as House Renovar is matrilineal. They are serve as courtiers to the king. Nothing too important but... Relative enough to gain notoriety and respect in the kingdom.
1: Very good. I love it. So, son of a lord and lady, it's gotta have some pressures. That's pretty freaking sick. With that being said, you already answered sort of where you came from, being House Renavar. What is the pressure that you maybe felt? going into either the choice of being knighted or going into the priesthood what what was that like what was that pressure specifically not necessarily what made you make the choice but what was that were your parents forcing it on you or d- d- describe that to me
6: given that they already had an appropriate air there wasn't as much need for me to adhere to stringency, I suppose. I could have certain freedoms that a third son would have. The choice of knighthood or priesthood was not one that was forced upon me, but one that I made willingly. Though I enjoyed my time at court, I much rather learned how to defend life or to guide it, shepherd it through this world.
1: I love that. That's so cool. That is so, 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 so so cool. Let me hit you with one more tier one background question real quick. What were you surrounded by? Being people, places, climates, structures of civilization, etc. I
6: was surrounded by... Nobles at first. And I enjoyed their company for a time. Then I was surrounded by tutors, teachers, many healers, many warriors. But at 14, I was struck upon meeting a man named Carradine. He enlightened me to the finer points of being an acolyte. And though I have not yet been chosen by a god, I eagerly await my chance.
1: I love that. I love that so much. So was Keridan, like, your priest-instructor? Like, was Keridan also
6: a priest? I would not say Instructor. He was around an age with me, and he inspired me to join.
1: Okay, good deal. So instead of it being an instructor, just a comrade, someone who you had a close, maybe knit relationship with as you are navigating what it would be to be in the priesthood.
6: A trench buddy, right? Essentially, yes. That is a good way of putting it.
1: All right, I love it. I love it. Um, okay. That answers all of that for tier one for you, Master Noah Carter, aka Abaddon Renevar. Uh, Chad, you are up next, buddy. Lucky.
3: That wasn't enough panache to say that with you. Gotta say buddy lucky hands. Buddy Lucky Hands. That says <laughs> <it. laughs> a little bit. Buddy Lucky Hands. Let's start with you. Who were your parents? Well, you see, I come from a long line of horse, so uh don't know my dad. <laughs> no idea who he could be. Uh probably some oh, Let's talk about the mother first. The mother is the most important thing, you know, mitochondrial DNA. We get all that stuff from them. So my mother was the not just a whore, she was the whore. She was the princess of the docks. She was just like bam, voluptuous blonde bombshell. You know what <laughs> I'm You know, but, you know, it was great. It was wonderful. Uh <laughs> great mother, great mother. Uh, I miss her dearly every single day of my life. Anyway, uh, so who knows who my father could be? I'm assuming an elf based on my pointy ears and my prolonged life disposition. Sure, sure.
1: Okay. Now, you said uh, uh. <laughs> you said you're, uh, you you had sort of a foremother, the
3: princess. Oh, you Tops. can't say that about her. You can't say that. Her. You, oh, you I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. You have Should, to call her lady of the night. Le- uh, yes, yes, your Lady yeah. of the Night mother, aka yeah. the Princess of Dogs. Uh What was her of name? The the, uh, uh, of the Docs. Of the Docs. Her name was Ariadna. Ariadna.
5: Yeah. Ariadna. I love it. she supposed to name you, buddy.
3: Well, my name isn't actually Buddy. But
5: <laughs> know. It's actually oh, what's it,
3: called a pseudonym.
4: Guys, light spoilers, <laughs> but Buddy's real name is actually Butdolamule.
1: Ooh. Bud, me. Ooh. Oh, Bud Tholomew. How dare you? I hate that. I hate that a lot. <laughs> All right. Awesome. And you said that you didn't know your father. That, that's kind of interesting. Um, So, you know, who were you like specifically raised
3: by? Were you raised by your mother? No, my mother died when I was very young. I was raised by the Madame of the house that she worked on, Madame Cinnamon Black. Madame Cinnamon Black, of course. Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay, so Madame Cinnamon Black. So she took you in under her wing.
3: Oh yeah, great cook taught me. I read so many books. You know, it was a great educational process. Uh, better than public school. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Uh, so you went to the charter school of the docks. No, I was a uh, I was homeschooled by whores.
1: Right, right. I've heard it both ways. Um, I'm really good at money. <laughs> really good at money. So, <laughs> so okay. So with some business sense behind you. What is the core motivation of Buddy Lucky? Core motivation? Get Richard I try. You know that's right, baby. Way to go. All right, cool. So what were you specifically surrounded by? Uh there not necessarily of your 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 homeschooling, but what were you surrounded by like in this dock, you know, uh
3: you know, wh- where did you live? Where where uh, where where was your residence? Oh, I lived in the penthouse of a of a uh, house of ill repute. I was, uh, you know, I had a lovely bedroom. I had a four-poster bed. You know, I had a classic Disney princess bring it up, only that I was, in fact, surrounded by prostitutes. Uh, lots of dock workers. You know, I got a filthy mouth on me. What can I say? <laughs> and uh, I, you know, around the age of 13, you know, uh, the place burned down. No, no, Cinnamon Black perished in that fire. Mr. Dealy, rest in peace, Queen. And, uh, you know, I found myself on the street after that. And, uh, you know, that's just where I've been ever since, you know, just a little gutter rat. That's me, Buddy Lucky Hands, the gutter rat.
1: Buddy Lucky Hands, the
3: gutter rat.
1: Son of the Lady of the Night mother, the princess of docks, raised by the Madame Cinnamon Black.
3: Oh, yeah wow. Wow, wow wow when you put it like I mean just give me a summation it's uh it <laughs> makes me sound kind of cool and, uh, it does sound sexy. cool it's awesome um
1: okay cool we're gonna hit a little bit more of some fun stuff with uh with your background here in just a few minutes but next up is
5: Jason Quincy Dore. that just reminds me of like the the radio show like you watching quincy (laughs) (laughs) all the all that stuff uh yeah so what what uh what was your question
1: yeah so my question for you is going to be let's just get the same question for for tier one for most people who were your parents
5: uh, yeah, my mother was uh, Genevieve Durand. Uh, she was quite a hothead in her day. Uh, not the traditional woman, uh, that's for sure. Uh, she taught me my love for song, and I'm told that I inherited her temperament, her musical talent, her wit, and her looks. Um, she... We we were uh, very close uh, growing up. Uh, my father is or was... Um, Sir Leopold Durand, Knight of Everett. Uh, He was not around very much, as his job was very demanding, uh, but he did teach me uh, the art of swordsmanship. I never really felt connected to him, but he did his best. Uh, He was dishonorably discharged about 16 years ago, and our social standing plummeted. So not long after that, my mother kicked him out, which was good, but also bad, because she and I both had to work. Uh, to make enough to support ourselves along with my two younger siblings so that led to a rather difficult child
1: yeah no absolutely um so it, it ca- catch me again here so you were the son of a knight that's and right taught you the swordsmanship and
5: everything what did your mother do for a living uh she did a lot of uh you know homemaking after she was married um so back in her day she was actually part of a, a traveling circus. Um, and, she, you know, that's where she picked up a lot of the songs and uh, different talents that she seemed to have. Um, and I don't know. Her voice always seemed pretty magical to me. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, what is a cool this is me putting you uh <clears throat> this is me putting you kind of on the spot here what is a cool memory of one of the stories that your mother would have told you about the traveling circus ah <laughs> yeah no that's putting you on the spot I know you don't have that like you know I doubt you have that right now. Uh,
5: well um there was one one story that she would tell on occasion um, where, you know, one of her acts uh, she would kind of rotate uh, depending on the town uh, and what they thought that the clientele would like. Uh, But one of her acts was to uh, juggle knives. Um, And so one day, uh, you know, everything was going along as it should. Um, But then, suddenly there was a lot of commotion. Um, and she spotted someone running away with, uh, with several uh, pouches full of gold that they had taken from the audience. And so uh, then she she planted about five knives into uh, that <laughs> that assailant. sailor. Um, oh, wow. Did not kill him, though, because she, she was so trained with it that she knew exactly where to put it
1: masterful Um, at her skill
5: and that's actually when uh sir leopold first took note of her
1: oh i love that i love that oh what a cute little love story near murder turns into (laughs) exactly yeah that's so wholesome
5: ish it it, it was great (laughs) uh you know it, it, it worked for her
1: that's super awesome that's super awesome that that's a great story i love that i love that did you inherit any of those knife skills as well? I know your dad, you know, Sir Leopold taught you swordsmanship. Did you also get taught how to work around with knives?
5: Oh yeah. yeah that Good. was, uh, some of the things that she kind of tried to teach me. Um, I didn't pick it up quite as well as she did, obviously. I uh, she trained for a year. Um, but, uh, storytelling and song and that sort of thing were more my uh motif very cool very very
1: very cool i love it man i love it all right next up is uh oh did i give you your second question no i just asked who your parents were uh jason i'm sorry um So after you fell, after your family fell from station after the dishonorable discharge of your father, Sir Leopold, um, what were you surrounded by afterwards? Where did you live during that
5: time? What was that sort of uh, social climate like? So obviously in the uh, first part of my life, I grew up around a lot of nobility and knights and other high-ranking people going to balls and, you know, hearing about politics and all that. Uh, but the, the other part of my youth, um, was spent in some of the rougher parts of the city, not quite in the rougher, you know, buddy lucky hands part of the city. Um, but there was still a lot of, uh, crime and gambling, violence and other things that, uh, were very common, uh, where we ended up having to, to move to. Um, and so that kind of made me, uh, realize um the the help that the city needed um that the knights and the guards of everill uh did not always see gotcha that's super cool
1: that's super cool so that gave you an interesting motivation then thereafter right right very cool very 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 cool all right now up next is one of our new players Uh, Kate, Kate, this isn't your first time doing the five tiers with me, is it?
0: You know, I think it's the first time that I've officially finished the five tiers. I did start (laughs) for my last character, but we just, as was in character, did not finish the five tiers.
1: Okay, okay, that's fair. That's very (laughs) fair. I'm just curious because I I personally love the five tier method. I think that it's a a pretty cool tried and true thing at this point. Oh, I I loved it.
0: I had a lot of fun thinking through it. Yeah, yeah, it's, and
1: you know, if, if, you know, it's supposed to be almost like interview-style questions, like what we're doing here now. Um, So let me go ahead and ask you the same questions when I'm asking everybody else right now. Uh, Who were your parents, Tilda Elwin?
0: So my biological parents are unknown. I was dropped off at an orphanage in Everill when I was born, kind of classic baby-in-a-basket-at-the-front-door situation. I was adopted at the age of two by the High Elf Elwin family. They are very prestigious and posh and political and high names in the city of Everall. Um, my adopted mother's name was Eldoloth Elwyn, and my adopted father's name is Egon Elwyn. They're really into alliteration. Yeah. Um, I have two twin sisters, uh, Fende and Artis. And I'm sure we'll get more into it with life as an adolescent, but they were not the nicest people. Okay. Um, The mother, Eldoloth, was very posh, cool, calculating, very concerned with her image, both physically but also socially. Um, She's the actual head of the family, wears the actual pants. She's very cruel and abusive towards me. Growing up and very overbearing and micromanaging towards her actual biological twin daughters. Okay. Now, Interesting. Yes. Now the adopted father, Egon, he was kind of always hiding in his study. Let's Eldoloth do whatever she wished in the household occasionally. She would he would show some kindness to me. One of his things he would do to, to for Tilda. Um, especially after a very cruel and unsettling moment from elder was he would kind of slip her a book from his study so that she could read it in her quote unquote room um, to have something of comfort and joy in her life. Um, And so that was kind of his one point of kindness, but he really was very standoff in a way. And then the sisters were always vying for, Eldolf's attention trying to be better than each other prettier than the other one kind of pushing Tilda down a lot because they didn't want her in the house they were here first why would they want her here
1: right right no absolutely absolutely um yeah and we are going to get into a little bit more of that uh within your adolescence but I want to talk about I want to talk about your dad real quick um what types of books would he, not necessarily sneak, but would he pass over to you sort of discreetly? So not, uh, again, not sneaking necessarily because he wasn't doing anything wrong, but uh, Mm -hmm. what type of books would he, uh, what type of books would he give? Would it be, you know, fiction or nonfiction? You know, go ahead.
0: Primarily fiction. I think he realized how Eldoloth was... Treating me and just kind of her very nature, but not being very strong enough to defend even his own daughters against her. So he would provide me works of fictions the hero going out to slay the dragon, the princess who needed to be saved, or even the princess saving herself. You know, we're progressive up in this house. Right. Um, (laughs) But a lot of that fairy tale, like, Books, fiction primarily again. And though you say he was not doing something wrong in the eyes of Eljaloth, I could not have anything that was not approved by her. So it was a bit of a sneak.
1: Oh, interesting. They were hidden. Okay. Okay. So hidden books. That's kind of cool. And you said mostly works of fiction. Uh, You said basically adventuring books. Like uh, like hero hero books, right? Is that what you said? The Hero's
0: Journey, The Slaying the Dragon, the basic kind of fairy tale. A lot of books, surprisingly for a man of high status, he had a lot of those escapism books. I think he wanted to escape his own life as well and noticed that I too needed that escape and so would provide me those books.
1: Gotcha. Okay, I love that. That is super cool. Did you have a favorite that like had a lasting impact on you? Th- this is sort of your, your last question because you answered everything else within tier one background. Um, did you have a specific book or anything, like a general story type that really mattered to you that you took to heart?
0: I think as the classic like poor uh, adopted daughter who is it- Is being oppressed by her stepmother well not stepmother but adopted mother i (laughs) found the stories wink wink twin sisters right right basic background there um
1: it's not basic it's classic
0: it's a classic but the stories that had the maiden kind of save herself you know the princess saves herself in this one she was into those because i think she wanted to see herself in that though the concept of fighting for herself was terrifying and she could not do it much so if she could do it in her books then she was happy
1: sure sure i love that um i said that was your last question for tier one background i'm gonna actually give you one more um excuse me if you had to pick a real world book from like earth but then put it into bardu what would have tilda's favorite book have been from earth
0: that's fun um i'm trying to think more classic wise i think I think the Princess Bride.
1: I was literally thinking the exact same thing. I kid you not. I was I, literally thinking the Princess Bride. First of
0: all, me, Kate as a player, loves the Princess Bride. And though Princess Buttercup is a bit more of the, oh sa- hey, save 19, me. She has yeah. her moments of I am here, I can save myself. But the cast of characters in it, the the giant, the drunkard, the people yeah. who I think more resonate with Tilda are represented in that book and it, you know it was just really good and we love some rats of unusual sizes.
1: Oh yeah, we love a good ROUS. Um th- other players real quick just to chime in real quick not to necessarily interrupt the five tiers but I think this is a funny thing. Have have you all read uh Princess Bride as well? I haven't
5: read um, it. I, I haven't yes. read it but like
1: watch all the time.
3: I watch movies with subtitles so yes.
1: Uh, okay, so, uh, wait, Tara, did you say that you have read it? I haven't. Noah, you said that you had. Okay, cool. So, for for Noah and Kate, did you guys read the extended edition? of uh, uh, <laughs>
5: this where, is no where longer has... D&D.
1: No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. This has a real thing. <laughs> it, is, it is a podcast. Hold though. on, it hold on. Podcast. This has a real thing. Um, specifically, the extended ending, which is The Child of Buttercup.
4: Uh no, I read whatever copy was available in the elementary school library. Uh, Dude, okay, ho- same? homework for
1: everyone. Homework for everyone. Read the alternate ending, or the extended ending, alternate ending, whatever it's called, which is the Child of Buttercup, and you really get to see Buttercup kick some serious ass. It's awesome. So I like how
4: we, I like how we just turned into Joe Rogan. Hey, hey Jamie, pull up the extended edition of The Princess Bride. Up, read it to him right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs>
5: that's that's not Joe what we're Rogan. doing. We, we, pull that up, Jamie. Gross. You can't you can't read the theatrical release of the book uh, anymore once you've seen the extended edition. Yeah,
3: yeah, right. You know, um, Aragorn broke his toe on that. Shut helmet.
5: up! It was Wesley what? that broke oh. his toe. You, you Wesley know, no, his toe on that. Arm. No, you know, you know, really saw. hit
4: his head on that ceiling okay, okay. <laughs> No, Wesley
1: uh <laughs> carrie elwis wesley broke his rib from laughter during the shooting of that film where they had to delay production of the film and you know the scene where he's supposed to be like asleep and drunk right before they storm the castle mm-hmm. uh that's a that that is literally it's not even a body double it's literally just a mannequin <laughs> with carrie ellis's face on it You know because Cary- he couldn't keep it together it was so funny
4: you know, he, okay, has to, okay. he has to be welcome
1: to the
3: Princess Broadcast.
5: <laughs> we, we need we need
1: to we need to continue on. We... Yes we do. Yes, we do. Cut this um, out and post. Cut it out. Cut it out. Uh, nope. It stays in, baby. Uh Tara, you are up next. Thank you so much, Kate. That was awesome. Uh for your first go at uh at Tier One Background as well. I'm really looking forward to seeing okay. uh how your orphaned self then was adopted and all that sort of fun stuff. I'm excited to see how that plays into some of the decisions that you make. Um. All right, Tara.
2: Hello. Helena. Eli- Let's
1: see. Elias, Elias, thank you. Helena, Elias. Helena, Elias. Who were your parents? Um,
2: Helena was... Weirdly, much like Buddy Lucky Hands, uh, raised in a brothel. Her mother was a a courtesan in a high-end brothel. So she knew her mom, but it was kind of like all the courtesans were everybody's mom because whoever was off-duty was the person who took care of the kids. So she ran around with a, a pack of other brothel brats.
1: Yeah. Okay, super cool. Super cool. Um. Was your mother also sort of like Buddy Lucky Hands, a woman of the night?
2: Oh, yeah.
7: Okay. Yeah. So
2: that's why, so courtesans are high end. Right. You know, seen on the arm of lords and ladies at the theater or that sort of thing. So she was a very high end where I I get the sense that Buddy's mom maybe catered to a lower class clientele. Chaz is making faces at me, listeners.
3: Oh, such Carry pointed my words. Mother, my mother was the best. At... <laughs> you can't take that from her.
2: You Whoa! She that escalated quickly.
3: Sailors and, uh, whatchamacallit, and kings. <laughs> King. Everybody in between. You can beep it. I don't care. Don't yeah, take from It was from the him.
2: sailors part, and that's that's what uh, Gisela Elias did. Was It was kings and lords and ladies and high end
1: i love it i love it okay cool um all right so beyond being raised in a brothel who who all were you surrounded by
2: urchins male and female the other children who had been conceived um some of the children who were uh, brought into the brothel uh to be trained as courtesans um so just a a a whole mix of people
1: okay gotcha gotcha um all right very very cool now you you mentioned about your mother what about your uh what about your father did you know anything about him anything like that
2: nope
1: not a thing good deal yep
2: Pregnancies were usually discovered when a woman's monthly courses just didn't show up. Sure. Uh, so, with their profession, unless you had someone who had sort of reserved you for an extended period of time, you really didn't have any idea.
1: That's so upsetting that you just said reserved. My hotel background is like, oh yeah, I made a booking for a month of
7: things accompaniment to accompaniment
1: accompaniment. That's 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 one hundred percent. Okay, cool. All right, awesome. Um, did your mother tell you any stories, Any anything?
2: Helena's mother really romanticized the courtesan life. Oh, they give you jewels and fancy dresses and you get to go out to delicious dinners and see theater and orchestras. And sometimes they take you to the seaside or to the mountains because Helena... Um, as an attractive young woman was being trained to work in the brothel when she turned 16.
1: Ah, okay. Okay. Got so you. there
2: was never specific stories about, Oh, this one man really stole my heart because her mother was not a very sentimental woman.
1: Sure. More meticulous calculated business. Right.
2: Yeah. Um, But there was a lot of, I do care for this child that I have birthed. So I am going to in- almost indoctrinate her into thinking that this is a wonderful thing for her to be doing.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 And then that all changed, right?
2: Um. Yeah. So Helena went, no, I'm not buying this. And also her just natural personality. She ran at the pack of all those, the head of the pack of brothel brats. She was, you know they they weren't super supervised they were cared for so she you know let's go do this let's go do that uh was very much a driven leader and she went i'm to put it a little crassly i'm not going to be on my back i'm going to be on my feet doing something um and ran away the night before her bidding which is where she would have sort of been uh, almost like a debutante, but reversed uh into the brothel on the night of her 16th birthday she ran away and joined the army
1: right okay cool 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 and we're gonna hit a little bit more of that uh into your adolescent side of things here in just a second um all right cool i think that i think that about covers background from everybody uh did anybody have any comments about background to each other any questions to follow up on that before we get into adolescence
2: Actually, yeah. Quincy, uh, approximately how old were you when your dad was discharged?
5: I was about 12.
2: Okay. So um, listeners, Jason and I have chatted a little bit about how our characters were both army affiliated. They're both 28. Um, And so I just I didn't know if maybe Helena and your dad would have like crossed paths in the loosest of senses. But no,
5: no, it was about 16 years ago. um, And you joined 12 years ago.
2: Yeah. Yep.
5: But but I I am thinking that we would have seen each other around.
2: Would Helena have heard of your dad?
5: Oh, I'm sure he was like big
2: scandal when he was honorably discharged.
5: Oh, oh, absolutely. Cool. Um. Yeah, I don't think that Quincy ever heard the official reason. Uh. So there's a lot of like questioning and speculation. So there there's a lot of talk about oh, Sir Leopold uh the shamed so so yeah uh but we would have ran into each other uh during probably my bounty hunter excursions
2: yeah probably circumstantially they've seen each other like once
1: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah um let me ask this real quick as sort of a, a round table thing uh unless anybody else has any more questions about early background stuff right I'm seeing shaking heads. Very good. Okay. So um, I'm going to go down the list real quick and you let me know the city that you would have resided in for the majority of your life. So, okay. Okay. Uh, Noah, you're up first. What city do you come from? Everil. You come from Everil. Chaz?
3: Everill, baby. I'm, you know, I'm born and bred. You know, I'm from this greatest city in the world. Head down to the bodega down the street. I'm having it all.
6: What's up, my brother from Everill? Don't talk. Tap me him. up. <laughs> 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 all
1: right. Jason, Uh, obviously, Knight of Everill was your, uh, Sir Leopold was Knight of Everill. Yes. Yeah,
5: so, of course, I'm from Cleveland. Right. uh, <laughs> you Cleveland, know. Massachusetts. Down, down in Ohio? In Ohio.
1: Down yeah.
5: in Ohio. Uh, I don't I don't think there is a Cleveland in Ohio, Noah. Um don't know where you came up with that, but all right. Yeah, so Everall. Okay.
1: Okay. All right. Uh Kate.
0: Not to be unoriginal, but also Everall. However, I was raised in an estate where I did not leave the walls. So I barely have seen the city.
5: Okay. Okay, hunchback. Oh, excuse me,
0: <laughs> uh, listeners. Noah Carter just came for me, calling me a hunchback.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm glad you finished that sentence.
4: I wasn't getting pulled out.
0: Cancel
5: him.
7: Sorry.
5: That All right. right. We can't have uh, a cancellation in. We can't have a cancellation Fixed in session post zero. That's Not true. another one. That's uh, why we had to redo the podcast. That's I'm not. not... <laughs> I, got <cancer>. I believe.
3: <laughs> uh,
0: Tara, where did you? Hold on. You should... uh,
3: Avonlea, Disgusting.
1: She knows what she did. No, don't do that. Come on. Uh, Tara, what city did you hail from? Everill. Very good. So we have five people specifically from Everill, not from surrounding counties or cities or towns, provinces, etc., all five of which coming from Everill. Very interesting. What, what are citizens
2: of Everill called? Like Everillians? That That's like exactly old it. Old.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Everillians. Yeah. I was going to go with G's, but you know. I like it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, we're going to go back down the line, but we're going to speed through things just a little bit. I'm only going to ask you one question. It's going to be, again, popcorn style um, for uh, going down the same list here uh noah we're going with living as an adolescent okay um and i'm gonna do my best to choose a different uh question for you guys for each one of these um so just bear that in mind uh we may not all have the same prompt that i'm giving it okay um noah carter living as an adolescent for abidin what memories do you have specifically of your adolescence
6: I remember the smell of books in the library of the house. This was before I joined the priesthood, before most of the books were either scholarly or priestly. These were just normal nonsense books, nothing deep, but their smell brought me comfort. The smell of new and old books hanging in the air Right, and then there was the ring outside my house where I learned to ride a horse and where I learned to wield a sword. It was Very good. peaceful.
1: Good deal, good deal. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, actually, because we're speeding through this, I'm going to give you two questions, just make sure everybody's answers are somewhat brief. Um. All right, so that was living as an adolescence for them. Um, what was something that you distinctively remember about learning of the world once you decided to move towards the priesthood instead of knighthood?
6: That the particular chapter that I became a member of, an acolyte of, uh, you... Enter with an unstamped holy symbol. Only when a revelation is bestowed upon you, either through great deeds or attention from the gods, do you become the priest you are meant to be.
1: Interesting. Okay, super cool. And you mentioned in in Tier 1 that you still had not necessarily been chosen by a specific god, right?
6: Correct. I have not been selected. Not yet. Though it may take time. The odds work in mysterious ways, after all. That it does. That it does.
1: Okay, very good. Uh, Chaz, you're up next. Um, I'm going to give you a different uh, question... for living as an adolescent, what was a specific choice or choices that led you to becoming who you are today? What was a specific life, you know, fork in the road?
3: Well, you know, I walked into a tavern one day. It was not a, the best of taverns. I was about 15, 16, and I saw a couple of men playing dice and cards. And I decided, hey, that seems like a way to make a quick buck. And that's also the day I lost my first finger. <laughs> <clears throat>
2: What?
3: Yeah. Which finger? Yeah. Uh Pinky on the left hand, I believe. Why? Oh, uh, uh, because I gambled more than I had and they needed to teach me a little bit of a lesson about debt.
2: Oh my.
5: Yeah, I'm missing three fingers. Oh my. So he didn't learn the lesson that quick. Right. Uh, you know,
3: well you know
5: and always, you know.
3: It takes a little bit of time to drill it in.
2: Third time's the charm.
3: Well, no, third time more... was the ring finger on this.
1: <laughs> you can never get so, married, you know. So two more mess ups, and we're not going to be able to call you
3: Buddy Lucky Hands. So we're going to be able to call you Buddy Lucky Hand. Right? You want to know something funny? The name's a bit of a joke. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of I, I was putting it actually... that together. That's cool. It's actually your feet that are lucky, not your hands.
2: I don't think
1: we can say buddy lucky feet without it being never right. mind. Um, it's it's, it's buddy feet. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um so what where did you go uh like as an adolescent? Where did you where did you move from after the docks? Where did you like travel through?
3: Well, you know, you can, uh, you, the squatters, brats, and Everil are, let me dare, dare say it, non-existent. So I was kicked out of a lot of places. Uh, I would find a couple of abandoned warehouses, you know, a sewer grate, those sorts of things. And, uh, you know, uh, it's like couch surfing, but in mud. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, smell
1: never comes out right right um we mentioned earlier that tilda had uh sort of tattered clothes and everything what are your clothes look like
3: so uh buddies his his clothes are uh it looks like once upon a time they were nice just like once upon a time he was pr- he was a very attractive man i mean very very attractive but time gets us all it's gotten his face it's gotten his clothes and uh but you know he keeps them somewhat clean for his derelict existence and uh you know, uh, no skid marks on those undies.
1: Yep, yep that that checks out. Plenty of skidding happened. Um. Yeah. S- okay, so, gosh, I'm trying to phrase this in the best way possible. <laughs> um. So you're living in sewers, living in mud, living in destitution, right? Uh, uh, effectively destitution.
3: Yeah, from pre- from prostitution to destitution. That's a buddy Lugahan story,
1: right? So, are you not a good gambler, or are you a really good gambler but you are just irresponsible?
3: Uh, well, you know, uh, sorry. Every time I uh instead of my thinking words being um or like, I just decided to go because I just spit. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, buddy Lugahan's hands, me, I am the best dang gambler there's ever been who loses a lot of money, but you win big, you lose big. I've won thousands of gold and I've lost it all in an instant. I have gained wow. and won fortunes untold. And uh, I am a, I'm, I've broken even. All Minus right. Well, three figures. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Your version of breaking even uh has, fewer digits than my break well, does
3: it's okay because I have 13 toes. Oh
1: so it makes these. up for it.
5: You're still oh, 20. Oh. Did Lucky you win feet. did you win three toes or, or are those just like part of you?
3: No, those are uh
5: those are a gift from my
3: dear old dad. <laughs> May he rest in peace wherever he is. I don't know who he is. He probably had multiple toes.
5: I
7: mean, we, we all, did, we we know, I all take, do. I guarantee we you, he had sh- no one. He he just
4: had one. His foot was a large toe. My, my it's dad like was a Star. my dad was
3: a thumb thumb from by kids. <laughs> Patrick <laughs> Star
1: is his dad. Oh my gosh!
7: Uh, uh, SpongeBob, <laughs> I think SpongeBob. <laughs> that's, 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 I, that's think, I think I
6: went now. to the wrong docs. <laughs> They call it Bikini
1: Bottom for a reason, I guess. Um, My gosh. That's no, because you can't put a bikini top there, obviously. Right, right. right. After Chaz, uh, we're going to go back to Quincy Durand, a.k.a. Jason. Um, life as an adolescent. You know, I'm sort of opening this up to being like, what memories do you have? Um, your question is that, but I'm going to ask you something a little bit more specific. Uh, what memory do you have of your dad being uh, of your dad being dishonorably discharged? what What did
5: that look like for you personally? Uh, yeah, so around the time that my youngest sibling uh, was about to be born, um, so a few months before. Uh, Percy was born um, he had kind of become a more i don't know distant but also uh, i i would say aggressive um to to the family um, just kind of throwing out accusations i I can't even remember really what what he was accusing us of but um he would just go, go away for longer stints of time and, and everything. But by the time that uh, Percy was born, um, it it had just kind of gotten to a fever pitch. Uh, And then he kind of left for uh, around three weeks. And suddenly uh, one morning as the sun was rising, we we heard a lot of commotion outside, and he was being escorted um, by the uh, by the king's guard uh, out of the keep of the king uh, through the town square and uh, out of the city walls to um, where uh, that was kind of the the parade of that was was kind of a, a ultimate you know shaming. Parade for for nights that are discharged that way. Um, yeah. he was allowed to come back into the city. Um, but as I said, you know, my mom did not put up with him much longer. And, uh, we, we promptly left, uh, that house, um, to start off on our own, but everyone's kind of been whispering ever since about what happened. Um, never really fully uh, heard the story. Uh, My mom, of course, knows more than she's letting on. But uh, yeah, uh, ever since then, I've really told myself that nobility and uh, honor really come from the individual and not their rank. Um, And I, I vowed to be... To be better than he was that is amazing um yeah.
7: yeah yeah yeah
1: that's awesome what a good specific memory that you have of that so you say nobility and honor come from the individual does that like do you th- this is a weird one do you still carry your father's potential shame.
7: Or have well, you just completely I,
1: made a name for yourself at this point And that's not, and that's not part of it.
5: Well, I would never admit it. Uh, but of course I still carry that um, as part of my kind of <laughs> uh, personal, uh, personal torment of, of myself uh, to, to, kind of overcome that shame um yeah and especially in the months before that happened um, you know I, I of course thought all the stuff that was going on was my fault um, as some children are are want to do in the in similar situation right right
1: okay super good super cool all right. Um, where did you go after the shame of your father?
5: Well, um, we we did move out of the uh, noble house um, that he was given as part of being a knight. Um, and we moved to, uh, like I said, the, the rougher t- side of town. Um, I, I'm not really sure what else that would entail as far as where where we went
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um that actually answered my question perfectly um that you moved to the rougher side of town what did that specifically
5: entail what sort of roughness were you surrounded a uh, lot of a lot of crime a lot of uh street brawls actually one of the uh decisions that i i made at a young age which is another one of the questions yeah 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 um was at the age of 15 uh, i went to go train with a friend of mine um who would save me from a street brawl so early into all this i kind of started getting into fights and uh you know (laughs) picking them more more often than not um and I, i just kind of like took it all on myself and, and kind of got very haughty um, but but uh, I was saved from one of the street fights and uh, he actually was the one to teach me the trade of bounding hunting um, and kind of set me on a little bit of a different path than what I was on gotcha okay um
1: what was the uh, what was the the theme of of that so your friend saved you from a street brawl. what what specifically was taught was there like a moral behind it or was like this is just a good way to make money and still fight at the same time
5: you know what was the uh, what was the connection Uh, well it it was uh, kind of a way to train myself to uh or be more equipped to write the injustices that I was seeing um, and kind of the reasons that I was picking the fights um, and kind of channeling the, the anger that I kind of had into a different uh, place. Um, but he also told me or taught me um, during like fights or whatever uh, to not, let it affect me as as much you know uh, i you know thanks to him and to, and to my mother i've become kind of like a stubborn optimist um when it comes to things um yeah yeah i love that i really love that
1: okay cool cool cool, cool. i think that answers that for me um kate i'm asking you a different question this time What was something you distinctly remember learning about the world at your time of being an adolescent?
0: So something Tilda learned was that you have to protect yourself at all costs. Um, She, this kind of is very explained by her life as an adolescent, but her adopted parents adopted her as a form of a charity to be viewed highly amidst the crowd of politicians and whatever. So I would be paraded about like a token almost as a doll of like, look what we've done, look what we have taken in, but in public, in private, they were abusive and cruel and frankly racist towards my little halfling self Sure, um, and she learned very on very early on that to kind of go within herself to obey, but to protect herself in any way she could. Um, she is very sympathetic to towards those who are mistreated or orphaned, um, and something else that is a part of her backstory, if you specifically ask about uh choices. No, you're um, welcome and- to volunteer. That
1: was literally <laughs> my next question, anyways, was what was the specific choice uh, that you made? But go ahead.
0: Perfectly. So she is also sympathetic towards those who care for animals because something she learned early on, which though she is not leveled up yet and doesn't technically have the speak with animal ability and the wild shaping ability, she found out early on that she was able to commune with animals in some way she had a connection to them rats cats owls foxes etc all the ones that you would see or potentially find in a city um uh, maybe not foxes but
1: yeah 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 but um, but any other mammal you know mammal yeah, city dwelling so creature yeah
0: she found that they would find they would appear in her room a lot um at first she thought it was kind of a nuisance or they would appear outside her her window Um, but she started to realize she could commune with them and accept that there was something different about her and kind of chose to lean into what the animals could teach her, um, as they kind of became her only friends, um, and they in turn kind of taught her how to survive, but also thrive in an environment that is only ever pushing you down, um, again very a la our classic tale we're modeling after she um began to train in the way that animals would train a little bit more animalistic a little bit more yeah instinct a little bit more survival based uh that's why she's undernourished because she's not eating much but she's muscular because what else was she to do other than Basically, be a slave to the Elwyn household when she was inside the estate. Um, but outside, she was oh, look, the beautiful orphaned child that we took in. Ha 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 ha. We love to parade ourselves. Um, but that was kind of the choice that got her to where she is. She's she's in herself, she's a survivor, but she is trained with and communed with animals in a way that has created a different person than she was before
1: i love it i really do love that. that's super good and if you hear me go quiet for a minute it's because i'm taking notes um <clears throat> yeah um okay cool so what was the specific choice that you made to leave the house
0: so that kind of oh that kind of came later um she was about 21 years old um and she was able to escape uh it wasn't so i mean it was a choice in the way of there was an opportunity provided to her and she was able to take it specifically in her when she was young there was a servant who worked in the house who was sympathetic and kind to her um if i can find her name um adrian adriana maybe i wrote it down um she was a kind nurse and very sympathetic towards me um but she was fired by my family and and the animals basically delivered a letter from her with instructions of where to meet and how she could help me escape. And so while we were on one of our charity parades, um, I basically at that point had been able to cause animals to create a distraction where I could escape and get to her.
1: I love that. I really love that.
0: Cool. 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 Cool.
1: All right. So, Tara, you're up. Let's go. Um, living as an adolescent. Explain to me the choice that you made from moving to the brothel, from moving from the brothel, I should say, and that brothel lifestyle and everything, moving towards being a soldier. That's a huge, that, that's, that's a huge jump there. Um, can you explain to me that that choice that we have at
7: more?
2: Yes. So Helena, uh, through leading the pack of brothel brats, discovered that she was ambitious. She was driven. Being micromanaged and controlled the way she would have been had she become a full fledged courtesan was just not something she wanted to do. She's not subservient. She's very dominant. She's very go at it, go hard. And there also aren't many opportunities for a brothel brat, but the army's always taking anybody. Uh, And she went, this is an opportunity for me to go into an environment where it's familiar in a way because she's being given direction. She's being told what to do, uh, where it's pretty much merit based. The harder I hit, the better I do, the quicker I'm going to rank up. So it was a slight, a semi-familiar environment of camaraderie and, and being given orders uh, and having a goal or a purpose and having training. But it was one where she knew she had control over herself and she could gain more control as she ranked up.
1: Love it. Love it. So if I'm understanding correctly, moving to the army at what was it? 16. Is that right? 16. Yes. Um, Moving up the ranks was a huge goal, as well as having the freedom and prestige that came with that. Is that right?
2: Oh, yeah. So Helena's the kind of soldier who didn't want to be at the top making plans, so she didn't want to rank all the way up. She wanted to get to a point where she had a small group that she was in control of, because that's what she was familiar with.
7: Yeah. Yeah, uh, Yeah, yeah.
2: And be down in there, in the dirt, with her soldiers, doing what she loves, which is... Hitting hard and getting hit and winning the battles. You know, the brass might get the accolades and the medals, but it is the soldiers who win the battles.
1: Right. Very cool. It's interesting that you say that because, you know, the the one of the things that we said in one of our teasers for this is that, like, what is one of your hidden, what is one of your hidden, uh, talents or whatever and you mentioned playing chess Mm
7: -hmm. so you
1: are good at strategizing yes you just don't want is you don't want want to do it it. okay okay cool so you're naturally good at it and you do have skill within it you just necessarily don't want to do it as a career choice is that what i'm
2: correct yeah she she could do it just fine but she would she knows if she goes to the planning and the strategy side of things if she ranks up so much she's going to be behind a desk And absolutely not. She wants to be down in the dirt with her soldiers so she can adjust the plan on the fly if she needs to for the best possible outcome. But she doesn't want to sit in front of a map and push tokens around. Absolutely not.
1: Right. Right. Listeners,
2: Um, you might want a little context, too. So my husband is in the army. So some (laughs) of the things I'm saying are going to sound absolutely bonkers. Uh, but it does come from a little bit of life experience. So just for a little bit of context.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Hey, we, we love life imitating art or art imitating life, I should say. Um, yeah. So you want to get high enough in rank to not necessarily create the plan, but you still have the agency to be able to adjust the plan as needed.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: Cool, 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 cool. Um, All right, so last thing, um, just in general, besides that specific choice to go into the Army and whatnot, were there any other specific choices that you believe you made during that career? You're 28 now. You've been in the Army for 12 years.
2: Yep. Um. Hmm. She could have chosen several different things to do. She could have been cavalry. She could have been an archer. Um, And she chose to be infantry. She chose to stay boots on the ground from the beginning to the end. You know, she didn't want to sit back with a bow and arrow. She didn't want to be up high on a horse. She wanted to be down in the mud. Down in the mud and the blood swinging her sword. That's where she's happiest.
3: Love it.
1: Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay, cool. Very cool. All right. That's a great answer for that. All right. Does anybody have any questions uh, for each other on any of the answers that were given for each other's uh, tier two living as an adolescent? All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. It seems like this is going to be more stuff for you all to explore in depth with each other in character as we go. Um, And what we are going to do now is we are going to go definitely speed round through tiers three and four, just because I'm going to, you know, keep it to a one sentence, two at most um, uh, for the questions that we uh, that, that that I'm gonna shout out for tier three and tier four. Tier three is life before joining the party. Um, I'm gonna ask you all the same question with this. That way, you can have an answer sort of uh, pre-prepared or prepared for. I said pre-prepared, prepared for this. Um, and that question is gonna be: What are your passions? What are your current passions that you have? Okay. Um. Noah Carter, Abedin, you are up first. What are your current passions? Keep one to two
6: sentences. My current passions are fine wine and court gossip. I oh. tend to enjoy them both, even amongst the priesthood. Besides, the monks are the ones that look after the casks. That's where the good things are.
1: I love that. I love that so much. Uh, you mentioned court gossip. That's amazing. That's amazing uh i immediately for some reason thought new girl and it's like who's that girl it's avid i am
6: (laughs) am jess who wants to be schmidt no no (laughs) oh my
0: gosh i love schmidt guys
6: guys
4: just shout out uh once we get above a certain view threshold i will sing the new girl theme song as Abedin, So just, you know, like and subscribe,
1: like like and subscribe to listen to Abedin's, uh specific music choice of singing the extended version of. Uh, who's that girl? Uh, it's Abedin. it's Abedin. Um All right. Next up is uh, Chaz. What are your current passions?
3: My current passions are two things, finding some uh, decent food around this town. And then second one is my pet mouse Nantucket. Your pet mouse Nantucket. This is the first Nantucket. time hearing about him. You've heard about Nantucket. Tell me about Nantucket really quick, really uh, quick. Nan- Nantucket is a little mouse. He likes to sleep in my clothes. He's also missing his fingers in the exact same places that I am.
5: Did he gamble? I, them cut away him well? I did not
3: cut him off. I don't <laughs> like that.
1: Nantucket <laughs> owed you a debt, and you decided, ha!
3: Yeah, N- Nantucket owes me a Wookie life debt.
1: I'll just uh, I'll teach you a lesson.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Love it. Just think, oh, and man. then Tucket goes with you pretty much everywhere. He's like a companion of yours,
3: even the bathroom.
1: Love it, Jason, or uh, or Quincy Durand. Uh, what are your current passions?
5: Well, my current passions are uh, fighting their duels, song, poetry, sword fighting, causing a ruckus, and horseback uh, riding love it on the beach on the cliffs uh, or just
0: sunset Sunsets,
5: quincy. uh just around town um yeah it's 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 pretty hot
4: you heard it here first girls quincy is a horse girl <laughs> <laughs> what is
1: your favorite type of ne'er-do-well as you said my my favorite type, uh, yeah, like the one you would arrest, you know.
5: Oh oh, Your uh, the ones after. the ones that really uh, make it challenging for me, uh, because as part of my bounty hunting, I I love to put on a show um, whenever I'm I'm going going after them. Uh, that's actually I, I actually collect tips usually afterwards uh, because Ooh, it's because a performance. Of, yeah, exactly.
1: That's super cool. That's like, yeah, that's that's really cool. That's a cool answer for that. Um, all right, Kate, what are your passions currently? Or uh, Tilda?
0: Tilda's passions are reading because of you know the books that were given to her by her Naturally. adopted father. Something important of her life after escaping is when she escaped. Um, Adriana, the slave or the servant of the household who was discharged, who helped her was um, murdered in the process while she was trying to be captured back by the family. So part of her passion is also kind of like avenging her in a way. Um, and also Ale recently, she's been hitting up some taverns, working some shifts as she's been a little underground and she's really gotten into it.
1: Whoa there! Okay, so bringing up uh a, the murder of a friend, and and then, yeah, yeah,
0: murder bringing in an ale,
1: bringing in murder and podcast. ale. The murder and ale—that's my favorite podcast. That's that's also my favorite passions.
4: Murder, she drank.
1: Love it. That that'd be cool. All right, we're scrapping bastard children. We're going murder. She drank uh <laughs> everybody welcome to the podcast sorry um only if you do an
4: angela lansbury impression
1: i can't i can't it's it's too bad uh tara um captions uh
2: helena has three things that she's going to be doing if she's uh not on a mission uh honing her mind with uh chess and in the world of D, that would be dragon chess Uh, Honing her body by sparring, training, running, working out, uh, or having a little bit of fun uh, in a tavern.
1: What does having a little fun in the tavern look like uh, for you? Is that just drinking or?
2: Usually uh, drinking and then finding somebody to take back to the barracks with her.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. That kind of fun. I'm with you.
2: you Yeah. Think. Your stereotypical single soldier.
5: Unfortunate. Love it. And once they get back to the barracks, then you beat them in dragon chess, right?
2: Yes. Absolutely.
1: Nice. Nice.
5: That's oh, you lose? <laughs> Never mind.
2: Uh-huh.
4: Helena is not the type of person to lose.
1: <laughs> All right. Awesome. So, uh, Helena... helena answered that really well you guys blasted through tier three tier three is really cool for life before joining the party i think the passions thing is really good and i think it's a really good segue to what we uh call the mundane um so i'm gonna pick uh two out of these really quick just to run through it and it's gonna be the same questions for everybody uh what is your favorite color and where would you like to vacation those are the two questions that you guys get to uh answer on that uh actually or for uh instead of what is your favorite color you have the choice between two what is your favorite color or what are your favorite types of music um and that can be like a, an earth equivalent i guess of like you know whatever um yeah if if you wanted to go that route so uh starting off with abaddon abaddon um Your choice. You can answer uh, what is your favorite color, what is your favorite type of music, and then to finalize it, uh, where would you like to vacation?
6: I prefer the musical sounds of the harpsichord played in court. It has a certain nobility to the sound of it. It is relaxing for all these years. In terms of vacation, I've heard the Helicast Mountains are very nice this time of year.
1: Yes, the mountains, uh, the, the Helicast Mountains, uh, specifically leading into the nearby silly city of Helikatan, uh within Salam Pravati, which is the continent which you guys are in, just outside of Evril. It's about, I think, 200 miles out um it, it's something close to that if i'm remembering correctly i don't have a map pulled up in front of me uh yeah that'd be a really fun that'd be a really fun place what uh what intrigues you about
6: the mountains the snow on the mountaintop reflecting the sun it shines brightly as if a beacon for something better
1: that is beautiful especially in stark contrast of the mountains uh specifically around Helicaton or the helicast mountains that are a stark dark dark gray granite mountain the snow against it truly is a sight to behold all right uh chaz you're up next um favorite type of music favorite color and then where you would vacation
3: well my favorite type of music is a uh... You know, anything that's playing at the tavern or whatever that I'm gambling, I'm not much for the music. You know, uh, I, I, I'm a little bit tone deaf. I'm not going to lie. I can't really sing. I can't really dance. You know, I, I've tried once or twice and people have kicked me off the dance floor. So it's just whatever happens to be playing. I'm not searching it out or anything. And then the place I'd like to go on vacation is Disney World. <laughs>
7: Buddy Capitalism. Lucky Hands is a Disney yes. adult. <laughs>
6: I hear Tokyo Disneyland is actually very good this time of year. Uh, no, he does not want to go to Tokyo.
3: Uh, too much city, too big of a city. It's bigger than Everill. You know, how does that even exist?
1: So, okay. So, yes, you're using a real world equivalent <laughs> of, of of Disney. Uh, what would Disney's make Buddy Lucky? Uh, no no remarkably not uh the mouse has no power
3: um oh my mouse does wh- Nantucket
1: does yeah <laughs> <laughs> um what uh what would prompt buddy lucky hands to want to go to disney that's just a fun question
3: where dreams come true baby where love it Also, he just loves the Haunted Mansion ride. You know, how do they make them appear transparent even though they're animatronics? I know it's a a mirror trick, but how did it even work?
1: (sighs) (sighs) A moment of silence for that. Uh, All right. Awesome. Buddy Lucky Hands, that's such an incredible answer. I hated all of it. Um, No, I did. That was wonderful. Uh, Quincy Durand up next, favorite color, favorite music. Where would you go on vacation?
5: Uh, real quick, favorite color is yellow. Uh, uh, favorite type of music is pretty much anything with, uh, uh, some pep in it. Um, and I would like to go on vacation eventually to the sinking island of Oakley, Balboaing. Um, I, I hear it's very nice whenever it's above water, um, uh, and sounds like a great place.
1: Yeah, the continent of Oakley baldoyne being a very interesting, uh, being a very interesting geographical anomaly within Unbardoon, where uh, for five months out of the ten month year, uh, it is completely submerged in water. Based off of the tri moon rotation around Unbardun, uh causes the waves and the water to just completely flood it. It is, however, known as a really good vacationing spot. Uh, within in Bardun, uh specifically because of its tourism, uh, they make a living off of those five months a year. It's near the Triton kingdoms. There's trade that generally happens unless they're warring Triton nations, which does happen on occasion. Um, yeah, Oakley-Baldoyne is super, super, super cool and a very good vacation spot. Um, what what would bring you over there besides it's just being a geographical
5: anomaly? Uh well, uh trying different uh foods, drinks, um and also I just love the beach.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We will make a point at uh m- maybe at some point in this campaign if you guys make it over to Oakley Baldoin for whatever reason, we'll <laughs> we'll make sure you get a horse ride on the beach. It's quite far. I, I it, is far <laughs> it is very far from Salad body It is very far from Salad body But hey, you never know. You never know where this campaign will lead. No, uh for the most part, this campaign will be staying within Salad. Um all right. Um Tilda music color vacation.
0: Um, I'll be quick, color, green. Music. She wasn't allowed to listen to music or really do anything, but again, similar to Buddy, um tavern, bards, the sounds. She also is very fond of just nature in itself she's kind of in and out of living in the woods and really because she has spent almost her whole adolescence inside a gated estate she would go literally anywhere other than everill on a vacation
1: that's really fair that's really fair um yeah anywhere outside of Everil, you know the, the the world is your oyster you get to choose where you're going and all that sort of fun stuff what shade of green
0: forest green like that deep ooh forest emeraldy green. forest like what you would see at the the tinges <clears throat> of the early stages of fall the trees
1: right interesting oh that's a be- okay okay i'm with you i can visualize that color that's really pretty um that would be somewhat foreign to you uh as well um because directly outside of Everill is the Red Benevix forest the Red Benevix Forest has this constant state, of, you know, in earth we call them evergreen trees. These would be ever red trees um, where whenever their leaves fall to the ground, they turn this beautiful brown and gold coloration with streaks of silver within them. So looking for that forested green would be a little bit harder to, uh, to, to, to find. It would you would have to move farther south of Everill past the Red Benevix Forest. be able to see something like that so that yeah I'd like
0: to say she heard of that I don't even think she's seen the color I think she heard of it in some of her fairy tales like you know that's a descriptive color
1: that's super cool I I love that that is awesome okay um and Helena Helena last up for tier four the mundane favorite color music or vac uh, and vacation.
2: All right, so uh, she doesn't have a favorite color, but a favorite color scheme, and that would be minutes-old blood, not fresh, dripping off of a steel sword. Uh, Her favorite music is the cadences that they would sing to train to, uh, and also the war songs that they would sing to, you know, boost themselves up before going into battle, Uh, and she could care less about vacations, uh, because that's just a distraction. That
7: is
5: so cool. Okay, everyone ahead, made fun but... of me for my mom <laughs> stopping a, a a thief. Guys, wait, what's that? But your favorite
7: color is what's that?
4: What's that, guys? I hear Chester Bennington vocals just coming in on the background now. What's <laughs> that? Crawling in my skin. These wounds, they won't heal.
2: If there's blood on your sword, it means you have stabbed someone, and you're probably going to win the battle.
5: Or you're bleeding out from your <sighs> armpit. Or you're a psychopath serial killer.
2: <laughs> you <laughs> For... learn more about Helena's true colors in the campaign. Or, so, or okay.
4: now hear me out, guys. Now hear me out, guys. Hashtag I can fix her. Hashtag I can oh fix her. Oh my gosh.
1: No, no, absolutely not. So, that's such a cool concept, uh, Helena, that I kind of dig that color scheme so much. I kind of think that's what your chessboard colors would be. One of which is the blood dragon. Red, oh, yeah. And then the other is like a steel colored metal.
7: Yeah.
2: And
1: that's just. That's kind of metal, man. I love it. I love it.
2: that. I hadn't thought of that. That's so cool.
1: That's that's fun. That's really cool. And you said you, you don't care much for the vacation. You don't care much for the vacation.
2: No, Helena's not somebody who's prone to burnout. She's not, um, she loves her life. She has created a life that she enjoys. She doesn't need a vacation from it.
1: That is, yeah, that's really fair. That's really fair. Wow. You guys have answered so many really good questions. That brings us through tiers one, two, three, and four. As a reminder, tier five of the five tiers of character creation, tier five can't be answered until uh, you all meet each other because that's the current. So like, what are your initial thoughts about the party? What are your current thoughts about where you are in life? How did you get exactly where it is that you are? Why did you come here? Where are the things you were looking for in your future? Where do you see yourself in six months, a year, five or 20? That sort of stuff. So... Honestly, I think that this is a great place for us to wrap up for, uh, for session, uh, for our session zero. Thank you all so much for listening, dear listeners. I'm going to get everybody to, uh, to sign off real quick, giving their name as well as their character name one more time, just so everybody knows it really quickly. Um, just going down the list one more time. And then what we're going to do is we're going to pick up exactly where we left off with Session 1, The Letter. With that being said, my friends, we're signing off. Noah.
4: Hey, guys. This has been Noah Carter, and I've been playing Abaddon Runeva. It's been a pleasure. Have a good night.
5: Jazz. Jazz. Buddy Lucky Hands. And, uh, yeah, peace. I've been Jason and Quincy. See you later.
0: It's been real, it's been Kate, and it's also been Tilda.
2: This is Tara playing squad commander Helena Elias. Uh, thank you for listening.
1: All right. Thank you guys so much. This is Noah Woodyard, the Dungeon Master for the Bastard Children of Everil and Unbar Adventure. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we'll see you guys for session one, The Letter.